Amen. Come on, let's give him one more hand clap this morning. He's an awesome God. Oh, come on, somebody, celebrate that wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here's the deal. We're launching into our future. We're launching now, but we got to get ready. We got to be prepared. We got to get dressed. You got to take off some old stuff and put on some new. You know, if any man be in Christ, he's old. Old things have passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. You, you know, but the Bible tells, tells us, it teaches us to take off, to take off the things of the past and, and, and to start putting things on and put on Christ. Put on the anointing. Put on, you know, step into who you've been created to be. Be, be the person that God's created you to be. He's called you. He's equipped you. He's empowering you. He is positioning you to win and succeed in every given situation. That's what the word blessed means. You know, a lot of times we think that if God blessed us, we'd get a new car, or we'd have a house, or we'd have a, that might be the, you know, the, uh, the byproduct of the blessing, but the word blessed simply means to be positioned to win or succeed regardless of the circumstance. So God is going to bless you. He's going he's to position you to win. But how does God do it? Well, it's called the law of first mention. Anytime you need to know how something works in the Bible, you find the first place it was mentioned, and then you start tracking it, and if it keeps occurring that way, then that's how God operates. And in the Bible, the Bible says that God took Adam and Eve. It's right in the very front of the book. Adam, Adam and Eve got placed in the garden. God blessed them, and he said. So how does God bless? He speaks. So his, it's his word that you're wanting in your life. You're not wanting like some angel dust or something. You need the word of God. So, and the word of God coming alive on the inside of you will position you. It'll actually reposition you so that you can win and succeed in any given situation because that word will come alive. Why? Because he's going he, he's gonna to breathe on that word. That Bible that you got, that's not just a recording of what he said. It's a recording of what he is saying. It is, it's not just some stuff that God did, but it's, it, it's, a, it's a picture into what God is doing. And, and you, get, you, know, you, you shift the Word of God from being the logos, which is just the written Word of God, to, to the rhema, which is a, a word that has been breathed on by God. It's like when God speaks that, all of a sudden, see, every time God speaks, He's speaking life. When God's speaking into your life, man, when He speaks into you, it's, it's going to bring you life. And, and uh, you know, uh, my son, attend unto my words and hearken unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, for it is life to those that find them, health and healing to all your flesh. You want God's word alive on the inside of you, okay? And, and you want to embrace that word, and you want to live that word, and you, 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 you want to you know that word, because that's going to empower you to fulfill the purpose and the intention that God has for your life. And God's purpose and his intention, I just want to share this with you. I hope you already know it. But God's plan for your life is way better than anything you can come up with. You know, God, God's not against you. He's for you. He ain't trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. He ain't putting you down. He's elevating you up. And he, he's going to bring you to a higher place. And every time God speaks, that's a good thing. You know, we act like, you know, well, God was giving these commandments. He's always telling people what to do. No, he's speaking. He's, that, that, you know, that's just God speaking, and that's bringing life. See, the enemy, the enemy wants you to think that, 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 that that's going to bring, you know, control or condemnation or, or manipulation, or it's going to, you know, take all the fun out of life. Are you kidding? When God's speaking, it's bringing life, and, and it's, not just, it's not just like the ability to inhale and exhale. It's more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sin. It's an amazing thing that when God brings life into the situation. Have you ever had a moment when, when you know, I mean, you know, 
know, you know that you couldn't, you just don't have the skill, the ability, the insight, the revelation, or the discernment to, to, to succeed, but you can, you can look at a situation that you've had in your life, and you know that God's word was, must have been spoken into that because all of a sudden, you were accomplishing things that were way bigger than you. Well, God wants you having that every day. God, God wants us walking in this thing. Man, the, the life that he came to, he sent Jesus to reconnect us to this God life. And, and, and it's not so that we could be normal. It's not, it's, not, it's not so that we could be average. The last thing, the last thing you want to be is average. No, I'm just trying to fit in. Been, no, God wants you to live a life that actually causes you to stand out. Well, I, I, I don't like that attention. It won't be given to you. It's not about getting you attention. It's about glorifying God. And in the middle of your situation, uh, you know what? You, you, have, you have a mandate. You have a mandate to allow God to be glorified in your life. And, well, what does that mean? Well, that means that when the doctor says you're dying, you just go ahead and live. Isn't that what the Bible says? I'm not going to die, but I'm going to live and declare the goodness of my king. That, 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 you know, when, when the counselor says you guys are over, you just go ahead and stay together and thrive. And, and you, you, you just demonstrate Satan's defeat and you allow the love of God to, to, to just bring healing, restoration, and, uh, and yeah. You, well, the banker says we're going under. No, nah, I don't think so because I, I've heard what God said. Somebody say amen. amen. Because there's, there's a purpose for your life. Jesus, Jesus talked about it in Isaiah 61. He put it this way. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because, right? Because. Isaiah 61, it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. There's there's an anointing. There's a call. And he said, I'm bringing good news to the poor. And I don't know very many like actual poor people. The word poor simply means needy. It, it, there's an area of lack, God would like to eradicate it, right? So the Spirit of God and the anointing is on you uh, to bring good news, to fill, that, to, to fill that void. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. You know, most of my life I thought that the brokenhearted was just people sitting in a corner crying somewhere. You know, hey man, you got a broken heart and so you're probably weeping or something. No, brokenhearted, your heart is how, how your thoughts operate in your life. So when you're brokenhearted, it just means that you're thinking wrong and you're thinking wrong to the point that you don't even know you're thinking wrong. And, and he said, you know what? There's an anointing uh, that, that can bring healing to that. See, we don't want to go through life thinking wrong. And I know what you're thinking. Well, I don't. I just don't think wrong. You're thinking wrong. Okay, and, and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives. How many are thankful for your freedom, your liberty that to walk in? And, and, and the opening of prison doors. Hey, if you're in bondage today, he can open the prison doors for your life. But not only was it on him, but this is why it's on you. See, you're bringing some freedom. Look at verse 2. He said, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. And in verse 3, it says, to console those who mourn in Zion to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, to give them beauty for ashes. See, a lot of times, you know, you, you get burnt in life and, and you're all messed up over it and, and you spend 20 years talking about how you got burnt. Well, well, you're missing the beauty part. See, you gotta, see, and, and I don't, I don't wanna over-preach this. I'm going somewhere today and, and I wanna get you there, but I have to talk about this because anytime you ask me, how are you doing, what's my answer? 
beautiful. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just I'm committed to a life of beautiful. And usually what happens is, and I kind of got in trouble for saying this last night, so forgive me, but, uh, but usually what happens is someone will say, how you doing? I'll say, beautiful. And usually it's an older woman, a more mature woman, and she'll look at me and she'll say, handsome. I'll say, well, thank you, but I'm beautiful too. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, okay. She doesn't know what she's talking about because she's telling me that I'm not beautiful. She thinks I'm good looking. But we all know that's right. I mean, yeah, I mean, so she's not totally off. But I mean, you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> but beautiful has nothing to do with looks. The word beautiful means extraordinary of its kind, marvelous in thought and speech. Extraordinary of its kind. God said, you know what? When you get burnt in life and when it's nothing left but ashes, I'll cause something extraordinary of its kind to come up. I'll change the way that you think and, 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 and I'll change the way that you talk about this situation. You'll, you'll have an extraordinary life. Man, marvelous in thought and speech. Wouldn't it be awesome if the things that you've talked about like it was a curse all of your life, if, if God could renew your mind and he could show you that what he'd like to do is rise you up out of the ashes and give you a beautiful moment. So where you could look back at that thing and, and you don't even talk about it the same because you're marvelous in thought and speech. He's changing the way you think. He's changing the way you talk. He's changing the way you, you refer to that situation. It used to be nothing but negative, but now all of a sudden you've been given beauty for ashes. I think we ought to go after some beautiful up in here. Amen. Anybody ever been burnt? Anybody ever been burnt? Beautiful. But we want, we want extraordinary of his kind, marvelous in thought and speech, without the ashes. I'm, I'm telling you that, that today you just got to embrace this reality that the way to beautiful is through the fire. You, you can't be afraid of the fire. You know, you, you, he said, when, when you walk through the fire, man, trust me, it ain't going to burn you. It, it's not, it's not, the flame will not kindle upon you. When you're walking through the flood, it won't overtake you. He didn't say if. If you ever find yourself in a fire. He said when. See, we all are looking at God like we need God to be like our loophole out, out of our pain. You know, we come to God trying to, try, trying to do, we, man, I just need relief. Help me, Jesus. No, God wants to empower you to go through life taking situations that should have burnt you up and causing you to rise up and, and, and have a beautiful experience out of that. And, and he's got the way, he's, man, can I just tell you, he, he, I know we sang it, but it's not impossible for him, okay? He, he is going to do it in your life. I've seen him move. He moved the mountains. And I believe, man, you know what I really believe? I believe that if we really believe that, we'd be hard people to keep quiet. Man, I believe he's going to do it again. I said, I believe he's going to do it again. He's, he's going to do it again in your life, in your house, in your business, in your body. He's going to do it again. And what the enemy intended for evil, God's looking at him saying, no way. I'm turning that for good. He said, I'm going to give him the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I just want to talk about these last two phrases, that they might be called trees. Some of your Bibles say mighty oaks. We're talking, we're talking you know, it's weird because we're over here in the Tri-Cities area, and it's kind of even hard to find a good tree. You know what I'm saying? 
but wh from where we are from, you know, on, on the other side. And, and, and people always wonder, wh where are you, what part of Texas are you from? <laughs> I had a guy tell me one time that the first time he came to church, it was a men's meeting, we were having Texas night. And then I got up and talked, and he went, that's weird that they're, they're celebrating Texas in here, but I guess it's because he's from Texas. I'm not from Texas. I am from the South, Oregon, okay? And, and, uh, and they have this thing down there called trees, okay? And, and you get, you'll go a little south, you know, get deeper south, and they start, you know, you start seeing redwoods and stuff. And we're talking about real trees. And he said, you're going to be like that. They, why, why is all of this happening? So that they, you're part of the they, that you could be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he would be glorified. See, it's a win-win, See, the, the, the anointing is upon our life so that you can be called, so that he can be glorified. Okay, you got you to you you kind of, you might have to work at it, but you got you to you reach out and take this and, and get a, you know, maybe this is what you're going to meditate this week. But, but see, all of this anointing that, that, that is flowing around, all this power of God is simply so that you could live called. And when you live called, not saved, See, a lot of people trying to live like they're saved. It says in Peter that he has both saved us and called us. Not according to our work, but according to his purpose, right? So, not, not, see, when you're living like you're saved, you're all worried about making a mistake. See, you, you think thoughts like, well, man, you just don't know the things I've done. You don't know the choices I've made. See, and you're still worried about being saved. See, if, if, if any man be in Christ, hey, if you're in Christ, guess what? Christ is in you. I said, if you're in Christ, Christ is in you, okay? And Christ, it's not just, it's not Jesus's last name. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. So if, 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 you step, if you step out of the old life into the new life, the anointing comes on you, and you don't have to live like you're saved no more. You can start living like you're called. And you start living like you're called, and then he starts getting glorified. Now, all of a sudden, it's a totally different realm. Okay, you just got to stop this, but, but let, let me just tell you just for the sake of our series today that what you got to do is you got to make sure you got the garment of praise on for the spirit of heaviness because there are moments in life that life's going to get heavy. Okay, there, there are situations that, that, that are going to be heavy and, and your feelings will be hurt and your job will be cut and your, you know, your money will disappear and, 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 you know, and, and, and your wheel will fall off your BMW. TJ was sharing about, you know, some of his experience over the past. He came out and he goes, Dad, I can't even catch a break. And go out, go out in the driveway and, and, and the front wheel is like sideways. And, and he drug a big black mark across my driveway because he tried to back up and it was just... I can't catch a break. I'm thinking, I told him, I said, well, no, no, you did. And, and it was right here. And it could have been on a freeway somewhere. You know, well, what happens to us? We think wrong. Why? We're brokenhearted. I'm telling you that, that in, uh, there's areas of every one of our lives where we're brokenhearted. And what we have got to do is, is that we got to get the garment of praise. When life gets heavy, you do not need to use your words to define it. Well, let me tell you what's going on. I don't want to hear. Why? Because I'm trying to not think about what's going on over here. Why? Well, because 
I need to praise. I need to get my praise on. See, some of y'all get caught with your praise down. You do not want to get caught with your praise down. Because, well, I got a situation. No, you step out in order to complain. Listen, you cannot complain and be in the presence of God at the same time. I mean, just remember this. Now, I already know there ain't no way on this green planet that you or I, either one, are ever going to cut complaining completely out of our lives. Because someday, you know, yesterday we went to the dump. Two lanes of traffic wrapped around the building. We got stuck in there. It was like being at Jack in the Box. Man, there ain't, nothing, there ain't nothing slower than Jack in the Box in the drive-thru. Do not go in there unless you have some time. You might want to swing through McDonald's and get a snack so that when you're in that drive-thru line, if, and, and if you're the manager of Jack in the Box, way to go. Uh, you just, complaining is kind of like a gift. But you have to understand that when you, when, you, when, you, when you start flowing there, you stepped out of your calling. Because that anointing will not operate in that environment. Don't get caught with your praise down. It's, it's kind of like, you, you know, you know uh, in Ephesians where it's talking about all the armor, put on the helmet of salvation, take the breastplate of righteousness to pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know. and, 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 you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, in your mind, you just picture people in the Spirit. If we can see in the Spirit, there's all kinds of spiritual streakers. All they got is a helmet. You know, they're just running through life with a helmet on. At least get your praise on. Okay, put that garment of praise on, cover up a little bit, and, 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 and get, get the spirit of heaviness off your life. Now, get, get the spirit of heaviness off of your, you do not need that on your life. Yeah, but I, I, thought, I thought that when I got born again, when I prayed the prayer, I even signed a card. I bought a t-shirt and a sticker. And I, I thought life was going to be easy. Mm-mm. No, it actually gets more difficult. Oh, I thought God would remove the trials. <laughs> no, he brings them. Bet you wish you knew that before you responded. <laughs> the stuff we tell you after the fact. It's full disclosure Sunday. <laughs> you know. Man, here, here comes, you want to know what's crazy is that God's actually going to take you into the very same environment that the enemy's been trying to get you in. I don't believe it. I'll prove it in a minute. Well, what am I supposed to do with this mess? Well, let's look at the Bible. You know, uh, James chapter 1, verse 2, consider it pure joy. Everybody say, pure joy. Pure. You got to... You, you know, is it okay if I break it down a little bit as we go? Pure joy, he's not talking about, see, he's going to talk about these trials. He's not talking about, well, just, you know, think the, the trial itself. No, he's talking about a level of joy. He said, you, you got to understand this, that there is, a, there is a level of joy that is undescribable. 
There's a level of joy that is undescribable. And, and, and you need to understand that that's where you're headed when you enter a, a, a trial. And not just a trial, but there's many kinds. Many kinds, various kinds. That, those words, if you study it, it's, it's multicolored. Think about that for a minute. You, you're going to have some red trials and some blue trials and some green trials. Good Lord, you're going to have a pink trial or two. We don't want no pink trial, but you're going to have it. And he said, hey, you know what? You're going to face many, many trials, many types. And whenever you face them, man, th- th- just understand this, that you're on the way to a level of joy that you can't know without the trial. And, and, and see, all through the Bible, uh, just so you know this, that the word temptation and the word test, trial, it's the same word all the way through the Bible. And see, a test, a test, a temptation, a test, a temptation. Well, see, temptation is when, when, the, uh, when, when the enemy enters the situation trying to show you, uh, uh, make you believe less of who you are, trying to show you the worst about you. And, and, but the same situation when, when, when we align ourselves with God is God showing the best about you, and he'll teach you things in the middle of a test that you didn't even know about you. He'll show you that you have strength that you didn't even know you had, that you had a connect that you didn't even know you had, that you had a body of believers surrounded that you didn't even understand how it operated. He will, in, he will elevate you. You know, and, 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 but, but, you know, the, the test, I, I'm trying to stay out of the test. Well, the test is the way to a level of joy that is undescribable. See, you've been, you spent your whole life trying to stay out of trials, and then you, enter, then you try to figure out why is there no joy in my life? Because you have to have the trial to understand how to operate the joy. You, if you, if you skip, see, if you find the easy way out, how many of you have ever opted for the easy way out? I've done it a lot. You know, I want the easy way out. Isn't it weird that the easy way out leads to a more difficult situation than the one you took the easy way out of? Well, you, God ain't trying to get you the easy way out. He's, he ain't trying to get you out. He's trying to elevate you up. Okay, he, God, God's going to elevate you up, and he's going to use the test. He's going to use the test. I don't like tests. I don't test well. Um, see, by the way, if you're having the same test over and over and over and over and over, you'd like for the last 20 years it's the same test, that's probably not a God-brought test. That's more stupidity. Um, the boys, you know, the boys, they, I'm sure that they love this. We want to talk about it. But the boys, all three of them, really enjoyed it when they were at that age. You know, they could not wait to get their driver's license. And driving was fun. But the seven or eight attempts at that written test thing that each of them took. I mean, every one of them. Nobody walked in, sat down, took the test, came out and said, got my license. They all walked in. Sometimes, sometimes I would drop them off at the door and because, you know, the DMV thing, the parking lot's full. But by the time I found a parking spot, they were already out and had failed. Uh, I'm telling the truth. And, and one of them, I don't know which one, could have been any one of them, but one of them one day got in the car and was just really frustrated. 
and said, I hate that stupid test. I said, what? He goes, I failed that stupid test. And I said, I don't know I would admit failing the stupid test. <laughs> I think I would say I failed that genius test. But the stupid, well, it's a stupid test. I said, did you read the stupid book? See, if you would read the stupid book, you could pass the stupid test. But until you read the stupid book, you're going to keep failing the stupid test. And that's the part that's stupid. And, and a lot of us go through life repeating. And, and well, there's going to be many trials. No, he's talking about different ones. Not the same one over and over again. And he said, man, you got to embrace this, that this is the way to joy. Why? Because there's some stuff that you know but you forget in the middle of the heat, right? In the middle of the fire, when, when the weight's pressing down, and you, you, you know, if the enemy can rob your focus, you, you'll act like you don't even know what you know. Romans 8, 28 says, we know all things are going to work together for good. But isn't it funny, in the middle of most things, we forget that all things work together? Look at what else we know. Look at this verse. You know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. I don't want perseverance. I'd like to live without perseverance. Because that, that ties into opposition and resistance, and I, I, don't, I don't enjoy that part. The testing of your faith, you know that the testing of, you know that if your faith isn't tested, it ain't no good. You know that what's lacking in our, you, you, know how, you know how men become real men and how women become real women? Perseverance. See, we know that the testing of our faith is going to produce perseverance. The ability, you know, your Bible might say patience. Oh my God, it's going to take forever. No, patience is not in relation to time. Patience is the ability to remain unchanged regardless of time. See, not to shift See, when the weight's on, you don't want to shift. You want to lift. And so resistance, what, well, what does that do? Resistance makes you stronger. See, you go to the gym, you do some resistance training. What's going to happen? You're going to get stronger. You're going to get stronger and stronger. Why? Because you keep adding to that resistance. Why? Because you want to get stronger. Have you ever wondered why you have never grown up? Guess not. Have you ever wondered why your friends have never grown up? <laughs> That's better. Um, because we try to get out of anything that's going to have to do with perseverance. Well, see, that's another trick of the enemy. Why, why do we think that we would be better if we didn't have to persevere? It would just be better. You know, it would just be better if I, if I didn't have to persevere, if I didn't have to endure, if I didn't have to remain unchanged. It would just be better. Why do we think that? Because we're brokenhearted. We're thinking wrong. Because you know, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And look at verse 4. If you'll let perseverance operate, when it's done, you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So here, here's good news for the poor. That you can actually eradicate lack in your life, but not without perseverance. Perseverance is the pathway to maturity. Perseverance is the highway to wholeness. 
You know, no lack. That, that's where your life is whole, where, where, where your, your marriage is right, your finances are right, your mind is right, your emotions are right, your money is right, your business is right. How do I get there? Perseverance. Quit trying to get out of the trial and just pass the test. And just hang in there. And, and just, just hang in there. Jesus did it. Look at Matthew. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Hold on. He's going to go get tempted by the devil, and it's the Spirit that led him there? Yeah, because God wants you in the same environment that the enemy wants you in. It's just for different outcomes. See, whether it's a test or a temptation, it's not the situation. It's how you're going to handle it. See, the same weight that can throw your back out can also be used to make your back stronger. See, God's wanting to build you up. The enemy's wanting to tear you down. So God leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And, and, and after 40 days, look at two, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, hello, somebody. Some of us can't make it 40 minutes. So I usually fast between every meal, unless I need a snack. And I could use one right now. You, you know, this is kind of a crazy statement. He was hungry. No kidding. After 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, he was hungry. It's like we have to throw that in in case you don't know. He was hungry. And verse 3 says, and the tempter came to him and said, hey, if you're really who you say you are, if you're who God says you are, Tell these stones to become bread. You know, if you, any time that, you know, the tempter comes, what's he doing? He's questioning your sonship. If you're really a child of God, if you're really a child of God, let's, let's make something happen right now. Because, you know, if you got any faith, if you got any anointing, if you got any power, then you ought to be able to change it right now. Right now. Well, if you could operate with that right now thing, you wouldn't need perseverance, would you? And if you didn't have perseverance, you wouldn't be able to grow and find yourself to a place of maturity and wholeness. And so if the enemy can talk you into making a change that happens right now, he can, he can actually rip you off of ever experiencing the, the real joy that God actually wants you to have in your life. And, and, and so, so if, if you would make a decision right now, see, here's the problem is it's really hard to trust God with your future when you don't trust him with your right now. Yeah, you might be in the middle of something, and you're trying to fix it. God's trying to strengthen you. God, do something right now. If there really is a God, if there really is a God, translate me out of this mess. Persevere. Okay, persevere. And he said, if you're the son of God, tell him to take the stones, turn them into bread. And Jesus responded, and he said, man, your thought process about reality is wrong. See, because it's written... Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay, and, and, and what he's saying, you know, I grew up in church, and I've heard a lot of messages here, and, and I've heard guys say, you, you know, here's the deal, is that, you, you know, Jesus was, was saying that as long as I have the Bible, as long as I have the scriptures, I don't even need food. Yeah, just give me a Bible. Just give me a Bible. I've heard preachers say it. Just give me a Bible. And, 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 and I, I don't need to eat. If you had handed Jesus a Bible right there, he might have ate it. He was hungry. 
What he was saying was, what he was saying is, here's the deal, is if I go outside of God to fulfill my need, and, and please get this, that the enemy came and he hit him at his point, his greatest point of need, you know, his, his, really his greatest weakness at that moment, and here he comes, and that's why, that's why, by the way, that's why it's so easy to judge others in their sin, because their sin ain't in your appetite. See, if it was your appetite, you'd totally understand. But when it's outside your appetite, you just don't get it. And the enemy shows up, and he's hitting him at his point of weakness, and he's saying, come on, fill your need. And Jesus said, here's the deal. I could turn every rock on earth into bread, but it wouldn't satisfy if I went outside of God to satisfy this need. See, that's why you work so hard to get so much, and you're still empty. That, that's why, no matter how much money you get, it ain't ever going to be enough. Why? Well, because, let, let, let me tell you why bread fills your, fills your tummy. Let me tell you, let, let me tell you why. Because when God spoke to it, he told it to bring sustenance to you. And if he hadn't spoken it, it'd be like eating a rock. You, you know why water quenches your thirst? Not because it's thinking about you. Not because it cares about you. Not because it doesn't want you to die of thirst. Because when God spoke, that water started doing what God said, and it's still doing what he said because he spoke to it. But if you go outside of God, see, that's what we do, is we try to live outside of God because what happens is we end up in a test, and we avoid the test, and we take an off-ramp why? Because, well, we're trying to make ourselves happy. See, I'd be happy if these things weren't happening. So I'm going to get out of here, and I take the, I take the, I take the, you know, the easy way out. I, 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 I'm moving on, and, and then, then you find out that you're in more trouble. Why? Well, because nothing that you accomplished will satisfy you. You get all the money that you could possibly get, but it won't solve the problem. Why? Well, Scripture TJ read this morning over the offering. He gives bread to the eater, seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. That's what it says in the Bible, that God gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So in other words, there's seed to sow and there's seed to eat, right? So you have to know what God's spoken to that seed. In your finances, you know, I know a lot of people that eat their seed so they don't get no future. But I also know people who sow their bread and they're always upside down. Why? Because you're not listening to God. You're playing God. You're making decisions for God. Why? Because that's easier. Because see, if I do what God says, guess what? I'm going to have to persevere. The, uh, uh, if I start this tithing thing, oh, you're going to have to keep tithing. You're going to have to persevere because the temptation is stop it. It's not really, God didn't, that's not what he meant. You see, and the temptation will, will make you weak, but the test will actually make you strong. See, you got to know what God's saying. You, you, you got to know what God's saying. And, and when, he speaks, when he speaks into your situation, what's coming? Life. You know, when Jesus said that, when Jesus said, you know, man should not live by bread alone, he is actually quoting from the Bible. 
He's quoting scriptures, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Check it out. Deuteronomy, be careful to follow every command. Why? Because when God speaks into your situation, there's life there. So make sure that you follow those commands so that you get life. Because he said, I, I, I'm going to take you to a place where you live and increase, and you're going to enter and possess the land. You're going to get what God has promised. Listen, you're going to get what God's promised if you just stay in the place where his word is breathing life into the situation. Just, just, just trust me. You're going to make it to the end. And he said, be careful to follow that. And remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. I mean, Jesus has been fasting 40 days, but he's referring to some folks that were out in the wilderness for 40 years. And he said, you were out there. They hum it was humbling. It tested you so that you would know what's in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Look at verse three. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then he fed you. See, he fed you. Here's what you got to get. He will meet your need. Money will not. He will. See, see, uh, he can quench your thirst. He can, but you got you to align your appetite, right? And he said, you know what? He fed you with manna, which none of you guys even knew what it was. Remember the word manna means, what is it? What is it? They got up every day and went out and got, what is it? Let's go get some what is it. And if they, if they gathered two days worth of what is it, 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 it got maggots in it. And it was disgusting. No, you're going to go out every day. And see, it's really hard to trust him in the present when, well, how do I know if there's going to be manna tomorrow? How do, how do I know if he's going to come through? No, you, you're learning something. that Even if you collected more than you needed today, it might be maggots tomorrow. But, but, but if God speaks to it, don't you think it's weird that God said, I'll tell you what we're going to do on the Sabbath. You'll go out and collect two days worth and bring it in, and it'll last two days. The same stuff that wouldn't last two days yesterday on the right day will last two days. And you know what happened is that they went out, they got two days worth, and it lasted, so they went out the next day and got two days again and found out it was maggots. And they're going, this don't make sense. This, this isn't right. How can it last two days here and only one day there? How does it know what day of the week it is? What is that? And God's trying to teach him that what it is isn't the issue. It's who it's from that you've got to wrap your heart around. The, the, it's the source. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the stuff. It's the source. And, and he, and, well, but God, how does he do that? Because God sets the rules. See, God's setting rules in your life. And he's saying, hey, I want, you to, I want you to trust me here. I want you to obey me here. I, I, I want you to walk with me here. And, 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 and he said, you know what? We're, we're going to teach you, and, and we're going to grow you. But he said, but, and teach you that man doesn't live by bread alone. But it's according to the commandment. See, when he speaks, it's going to bring life. Look at verse 4. And, and, and he said, your clothes didn't wear out. Your feet didn't swell. You ever had stuff that lasted 40 years? I don't, I don't mean like you kept it 40 years. We're, we're in the middle of moving. We have stuff, we've, we've been in the house for 20 years. We have stuff that we haven't seen for 20 years, and now we're moving it. Don't get caught with the praise down. It didn't wear out. The same stuff that they had to replace every year suddenly is lasting for 40. 
The same feet that used to ache every night aren't swollen after 40 years in the desert. Why? Because he spoke to it. Because he spoke to it. See, in the, middle, in, the middle, in the middle of your test, in the middle of your wilderness, in, in the heat of the battle, you need to understand something. That God's taking you someplace. And the ultimate joy of life, undescribable joy. You know, I look back at our life, and many of you can do the same thing, and you look at the times that should have killed you, should have wiped you out, should have taken you under, should have messed you up royal. But you look back and you realize, and you look at it now, and it's like, such a, there's, there's joy unspeakable when you realize that, oh man, you know, it's like when you're, it's like when you're, when, when your tire's sideways on the beamer in the driveway and you can't even move the car. And at that moment it's horrible, but then you, you get a couple of minutes past and you're going, thank you God that that broke here and not out there. Thank you Lord that that, uh, you know, that that thing in me came to the surface and it looks like it created a real havoc. But think what would have happened if that, if that thing had been able to grow, if that nasty attitude, that wrong thought, if that had been able to grow in my life, it, it, might, it might have ruined, you know, destiny. Thank you, God. Thank you. Don't get caught with your praise down. Don't, don't get caught with your praise down. Don't, don't step out of your calling and, and refuse to let God be glorified. No, you're, you're called. What are you called to? You're called to persevere. And trust me, you ain't got to go looking for trials. They're looking for you. They'll find you. And suffering don't make you spiritual, but let me tell you what does. Praising Him anyways. Hey, the fig tree may not blossom. And, and, and the crops might fail in the field. And, 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 and the cows, they, they, they might not be producing. And, and the chickens, man, they might have all just dried up. Yet will I praise him. And that's, you got to, don't get caught with your praise down. Come on, somebody. Yet I will praise him. Right now, whatever you're going through, just give him a praise. Thank you, God. I'm on my way to joy. I'm on the pathway to maturity. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be richer. I'm going to be wiser. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be more joyful. I thank you, God. I give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, man, go, ahead, go ahead and be seated. I, I want us to just pray. Close your book and bow your head. Some, some of us, you know what? It, it's, time, it's time to let God be God. And, 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 you know, you've been, you've been sitting on that throne for a long time. Time to, time to get down. Let God be God. So, so what we're going to do, we're going to pray this prayer. And today, if you're here and you're saying, you know what, Tom, I, I, I need to get real with God. I, I need to quit playing games. I, I, I'm, I'm, letting, I'm letting the struggles be my excuse to run from him instead of realizing that should be it, what makes me run to him. So I'm going to pray this prayer with everybody. We're not going to call you out. We won't have you stand. But if you're here today, it's time to, time to make your life right with God. I, I, I want to encourage you. I'm begging you. Make this prayer your prayer. And, and while nobody's looking around, if that's you, just hold your hand up real high and say, I, I, I'm getting real right now, right here. This is going to be my prayer with Jesus. Thank you. 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 You can put them down. Come on. Come on, guys. Just celebrate. There, there's people making life change right here. Want everybody in this place, just pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. 
give me vision. I choose to live for you, starting right now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. Now I'm going to live called that you would be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, celebrate one more time.